Hi, everyone, and welcome to God's Plan, Your Part, a podcast where our goal is to read the entire Bible in a year, seeking to understand God's plan of redemption while discovering daily and practically your part in it. All right, guys, welcome back, and congratulations. Uh, Today is the last day of Job. Uh, we are looking and at... I'm here for it today. <laughs> hey, Jenny has recovered. She's not sick anymore. That's not entirely true. Well, she half recovered enough. <laughs> to read these final Germs all over her Job. microphone. Gross. <laughs> um, we are going to be reading Job 40 to 42. Um, this is the second part of my favorite part of Job. I really like the verses that we read yesterday. I super like the verses we're going to read today. Um, and then we're going to like, then we're going to be done with the book. So... There is some there is some interesting things in here. Uh, there is a tidy end to the story in here, and I think we have lots of questions, but also some insight into how this is valuable for our day to day lives. So, Jenny, what do you what do you think coming out of this? Well, I really do. I think one thing that's that's cool about Job throughout this whole story, he starts out with like having these terrible things happen to him. He's still like. He trusts God. He believes that God has what's best for him. All the things. He goes through all this terrible stuff with his friends. But then here at the end, like at the beginning of chapter 40, like he still is humble. And he's just like, okay, God, just lay it on me. I, I'm I'm going to be quiet. You just speak. And then God just kind of comes in and lays out his power in front of Job, making it very obvious who he is, uses some really weird imagery of these like strange beasts <laughs> that I think is kind of creepy. Um you have nightmares. You have like job nightmares. Yeah, but I do I like I like the power of God being shown in these passages, but I was saying earlier to Ryan I feel like this is it, it kind of feels like a little bit more of a slap on the wrist again for Job like okay, shut up. I'm God. Listen to me. Here we are. It's interesting because I, I don't I don't think I share that same reservation. Like it, God is able to say those things. Like if, if mm-hmm. God showed up to you today and was like, hey, be quiet. I'm doing what I'm doing. <laughs> like I think some of that is where in our world today, like we tend to view God as friend because that's like what we're super into, right? But But so much more, it's valuable for us to view God as king. Mm-hmm. And so if you view God as king, which is most likely how Job would have viewed God, um, you don't see that as a slap on the wrist. You see that as like, oh, I'm like a faithful subject of yours and I better be quiet because what you're commanding is necessary. Right. And so God, God does love us like Jesus, like there would be no Jesus if God didn't love us. Um, and he desires relationship with us, but we have lost some degree of like the authority of the God of the heavens that is evident here in Job. I mean, mm-hmm. like, like so much of these final chapters of Job are like, God is big. God is powerful. God is sovereign. Who are you seriously to question God? Mm-hmm. And so it is it, like, it's, it's, um, it's like a huge picture and it's also convicting at the same time. Um, so we do get these, uh, nightmare mm-hmm. creatures that you're going to be dreaming about later. Well, it's really weird. Cause I think in my mind, I saw one as kind of like being a little bit better than the other, but I think Ryan kind of challenged me in that saying like, well, the one is just like this fierce representation of like strength. Strength, yeah. And then the other one is just like terrifying. So what we, were the animals that you compared them to or the yeah. beasts you so compared the, them so to? So in chapter uh, 40. 40, we hear about behemoth. I think we actually heard about behemoth earlier as well. And then in chapter 41, 
we hear about Leviathan. And there's several different takes on this. There's three major ones. Uh, take number one is that these are dinosaurs. Uh, Our sons would love Jenny, that. Jenny, don't laugh. <laughs> I'm sorry. These are, <laughs> these are valid takes that people have. Uh, take, <laughs> take number one is that these are, in fact, dinosaurs, and they were, you know, driven to extinction, and there's no longer Behemoth and Leviathan. Uh, take number two is that Behemoth is a hippopotamus. If you read over the description, it's very similar. Um, Leviathan is a crocodile. If you read the description, description, it's kind of similar, except for half of Job 41 is about how Leviathan like breathes fire. Mm-hmm. And I've never seen a crocodile do that. Uh, take number three is that these could have been like cultural, mythical creatures uh, that everybody had an idea of, kind of like a unicorn or a, a pegasus or... Dragons. Dragons, yeah. I mean, Leviathan actually seems very similar to a dragon. Mm-hmm. Um, these could have been mythical creatures that were seen as, like, the keepers of the afterlife. So, like... I feel like I tend to, like, go with that one. Well, what I think is going on here, and actually this could be whether he's talking about a hippopotamus and a crocodile or if he's talking about some kind of mythical creature. Um, basically, God is declaring that he is ultimately power over everything, which is what we've seen in the chapters before. So... Something else that's cool is that we move into Job kind of like coming out of this really bad part of his life into God kind of being like, hey, all you friends, you were pretty awful too, and I do not accept your prayers and only accepted Job's. So that's kind of cool. It's interesting. So speaking about his friends, Elihu is not listed here. Yeah, that's really Which cute. is kind of like, oh, what's going on there? So he talks about the original three friends, but not Elihu. Um, but but he does say that, hey, these friends, they actually need to like repent. They need to offer mm-hmm. sacrifices, and they need to hope that Job will pray on their behalf. Um, which I actually think is something we'll talk about here in a little bit with the, the your part for the day. Um, the righteousness of Job is part of his prayer life. So... Like, God essentially looks at these three guys, and he's like, you guys don't even know me. Job knows me, and so Job needs to pray on your behalf. Well, that's really helpful to me, because there were times when I would hear the friends, and what they had to say, I'm like, okay, well, are they right? Like, is there something going on? But God, I feel like, kind of just clears all that up in this last several paragraphs. So something to keep in mind is that we, like Job, uh, hopefully, um, we can pray to God whenever we want you, you don't even actually what's interesting is like you don't even have to know god to pray to him mm-hmm. um but knowing god is a huge part of an effective and legitimately life-changing prayer life um so here we see job's righteousness being held at a very high standard god is asking him to intercede on behalf of his friends uh we have that power today to intercede on behalf of the people around us ultimately it's jesus that brings salvation. Um, but the prayers of a righteous man changes, changeth much. Uh, that's a, that's a verse. I can't actually changeth. think. <laughs> changeth. Obviously that's not the NLT, I guess. Um, but our righteousness does matter and it does affect how we pray. Uh, and what's really interesting is the more we pray and the more we seek God, uh, the more we see him and understand him and mm-hmm. enjoy relationship with him. So uh, it's important to remember. Uh, it also talks a little bit in here about how, um, after, after he was restored, 
Uh, it says that his friends came back around him and showed him sympathy and comforted him. Or is this referring to the same friends or is Isn't this other friends? Isn't that hilarious? Once he has all his stuff, the friends are like, dude, you're awesome. We love you. So too. are these same friends? Uh, I think it's very possible it could be same friends. Oh, it, okay. I mean, remember like throughout Job, we hear him as like a influential uh, person in the area, in Ur. Um, so I think it's possible it's the same friends. I mean, it, it, it probably shows a little bit more about them than it does Job. In that when he had nothing, they were coming at him. And when he has right. everything, they're like, oh, we love you. BFFs. And the, the book actually closes out with something really interesting. I think this is probably, I'd have to look into this further, but I don't think I have to look into it much further. This has got to be, if not the only passage in the Bible, one of the only passages in the Bible, where you get a record of descendants that is based on the women and mentions the nothing daughters. about the men. Ooh. And so we do know the names of uh, Job's daughters. We don't know the names of his sons. Uh, and this is an opportunity for me to point out that uh, Christianity um, highlights women above any other faith. You will see as we're on this journey, uh, reading through God's entire plan and what he was doing, that women are oftentimes held in, in pretty high regard. There's definitely some low points in the Old Testament for sure. But that's usually when people are doing something, not when God is doing something. And so it's very interesting that this is ancient literature and the focus is on the daughters of Job, not the sons. Mm -hmm. um, so, hey, we made it through Job. Uh, you have seen everything that God was doing. So that is his plan. And I think our part for the day is what I already talked about, that um, our own righteousness before God does matter. And so Job's faith was incredible. We've seen him sit through a lot. He experienced all the emotions, but ultimately God looked at him and found favor on him um, because he was a good man and he did worship the Lord authentically. And so the, the challenge is for us to do the same, to have faith, to worship him and seek him uh, on a regular basis. So we'll be in Genesis 12 tomorrow. We're going to bounce back to Abraham. Mm -hmm. feels like it's been a little bit since we've heard about what was going on there. So we'll see you then. Bye. Job chapter 40. And the Lord said to Job, Shall a fault finder contend with the Almighty? He who argues with God, let him answer it. Then Job answered the Lord and said, Behold, I am of small account. What shall I answer you? I lay my hand on my mouth. I have spoken once, and I will not answer. Twice, but I will proceed no further. Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said, Dress for action like a man. I will question you and you make it known to me. Will you even put me in the wrong? Will you condemn me that you may be in the right? Have you an arm like God? And can you thunder with a voice like his? Adorn yourself with majesty and dignity. Clothe yourself with glory and splendor. Pour out the overflowings of your anger and look on everyone who is proud and abase him. Look on everyone who is proud and bring him low and tread down the wicked where they stand. Hide them all in the dust together. Bind their faces in the world below. Then will I also acknowledge to you that your own right hand can save you. Behold, Behemoth, which I made as I made you. He eats the grass like an ox. Behold, his strength is in his loins and his power in the muscles of his belly. He makes his tail stiff like a cedar. The sinews of his thighs are knit together. His bones are tubes of bronze, his limbs like bars of iron. 
He is the first of the works of God. Let him who made him bring near his sword. For the mountains yield food for him, where all the wild beasts play. Under the lotus plants he lies, in the shelter of the reeds and in the marsh. For his shade the lotus tree covers him, the willows of the brook surround him. Behold, if the river is turbulent, he is not frightened. He is confident, though Jordan rushes against his mouth. Can one take him by his eyes, or pierce his nose with a snare? Can you draw out Leviathan with a fishhook, or press down his tongue with a cord? Can you put a rope in his nose, or pierce his jaw with a hook? Will he make many pleas to you? Will he speak to you soft words? Will he make a covenant with you, to take him for your servant forever? Will you play with him as with a bird, or will you put him on a leash for your girls? Will traders bargain over him? Will they divide him up among the merchants? Can you fill his skin with harpoons or his hand with fishing spears? Lay your hands on him. Remember the battle. You will not do it again. Behold, the hope of a man is false. He is laid low even at the sight of him. No one is so fierce that he dares to stir him up. Who then is he who can stand before me? Who has first given to me that I should repay him? Whatever is under the whole heaven is mine. I will not keep silence concerning his limbs or his mighty strength or his goodly frame. Who can strip off his outer garment? Who would come near him with a bridle? Who can open the doors of his face? Around his teeth is terror. His back is made out of rows of shields, shut up closely as with a seal. One is so near to another that no error can come between them. They are joined one to another. They clasp each other and cannot be separated. His sneezings flash forth light, and his eyes are like the eyelids of the dawn. Out of his mouth go flaming torches. Sparks of fire leap forth. Out of his nostrils come forth smoke, as from a boiling pot and burning rushes. His breath kindles coals, and a flame comes forth from his mouth. In his neck abides strength, and terror dances before him. The folds of his flesh stick together firmly cast on him and immovable. His heart is as hard as stone, hard as the lower millstone. When he raises himself up, the mighty are afraid. At the crashing, they are beside themselves. Though the sword reaches him, it does not avail, nor the spear, the dart, or the javelin. He counts iron as straw and bronze as rotten wood. The arrow cannot make him flee. For him, sling stones are turned to stubble. Clubs are counted as stubble. He laughs at the rattle of javelins. His underparts are like sharp potsherds. He spreads himself like the threshing sledge on the mire. He makes the deep boil like a pot. He makes the sea like a pot of ointment. Behind him he leaves shining wake. One would think the deep to be white-haired. On earth there is not his like, a creature without fear. He sees everything that is high. He is king over the sons of pride. Then Job answered the Lord and said, I know that you can do all things, and that no purpose of yours can be thwarted. Who is this that hides counsel without knowledge? Therefore I have uttered what I did not understand, things too wonderful for me, which I did not know. Hear, and I will speak. I will question you, and you make it known to me. I had heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eyes see you. Therefore I despise myself and repent in dust and ashes. 
After the Lord had spoken these words to Job, the Lord said to Eliphaz the Temanite, My anger burns against you and against your two friends, for you have not spoken of me what is right, as my servant Job has. Now, therefore, take seven bulls and seven rams and go to my servant Job and offer up a burnt offering for yourselves. And my servant Job shall pray for you, for I will accept his prayer, but not to deal with you according to your folly. For you have not spoken of me what is right, as my servant Job has. So Eliphaz the Temanite, and Bildad the Shuite, and Zophar the the Namathite, went and did what the Lord had told them, and the Lord accepted Job's prayer. And the Lord restored the fortunes of Job when he had prayed for his friends, and the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. Then came to him and all his brothers and sisters and all who had known him before and ate bread with him in his house. And they showed him sympathy and comfort him for all the evil that the Lord had brought upon him. And each of them gave him a piece of money and a gold ring. And the Lord blessed the latter days of Job more than his beginning. And he had 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camels, 1,000 yoke of oxen, and 1,000 female donkeys. He also had seven sons and three daughters. And he called the name of his first daughter Jemima, and the name of the second Keziah, and the name of the third Karenabuch. And in the land there were no women so beautiful as Job's daughters, and their father gave them an inheritance among their brothers. And after this, Job lived 140 years and saw his sons and his son's sons four generations. And Job died an old man and full of days. Thanks so much for listening to God's Plan, Your Part. If anything stuck out to you, if you have any questions, or if you'd like to receive a Bible, you can email us at godsplanyourpart at gmail.com. Also, if you're enjoying the podcast, please consider supporting us through the link in our description. We love that you're on this journey with us, and we hope you have a great day. See you tomorrow.